0: Welcome to MMC Radio, brought to you by Maine Medical Center, Maine's
1: leader in patient care, education, and research, all centered around you. Here is our host, Melanie Cole. According to the American College of Obstetrics and Gynecology, ACOG, hysterectomy, is the second most common surgical procedure in the U.S., and the trend is moving toward minimally invasive surgeries, which can result in the same outcome for patients with the least amount of invasion or smallest incision possible. My guest to tell us about this today is Dr. Julia Brock. She's a gynecologist at Maine Medical Center. Welcome to the show, Dr. Brock. Tell us a little bit about the term minimally invasive. As it's becoming more popular, what type of gynecologic procedures can this be used for?
0: Uh, Good morning and thank you for having me along. Um, Minimally invasive surgery refers to any type of surgery we do through a smaller incision. And this became uh, much more popularized with the development of what's uh, termed a total laparoscopic hysterectomy. Um, However, uh, straightforward vaginal hysterectomies can also be termed minimally invasive. Um, In general, what we strive for is to decrease the number of procedures being done as a hysterectomy through a large incision or an abdominal incision.
1: So for these different types of procedures, first of all, what are the benefits to a more minimally invasive procedure?
0: Minimally invasive surgery is uh, really allows a woman to get back to her normal life faster. We're talking uh, about incisions that are anywhere between 5 millimeters and 8 millimeters in size, and that is different than a a typical type of incision that you would see, which is um, like a C-section scar, 8 centimeters to 10 centimeters long, either in a horizontal or vertical manner. And the larger incision leads to a longer recovery time, longer time in the hospital, and increased risk of adhesive disease uh, moving forward. Uh, We also know that... uh, using minimally invasive techniques allows us to have better um, and more uh, meticulous control of blood supply. And so there's decreased blood loss associated with uh, minimally invasive procedures in general.
1: Tell us about some of the procedures, Dr. Brock. You mentioned hysterectomy, but many women suffer from fibroids or ovarian cysts or infertility, incontinence. They have all of these things. Tell us about the procedures for these.
0: So minimally invasive approaches are available um, here at Maine Medical Center uh, for treatment of fibroid uterus, treatment of endometriosis, uh, treatment of ovarian cysts. And the approaches that we can offer are either total laparoscopic, laparoscopic laparoscopic-assisted vaginal hysterectomy, or robotic procedures uh, in which we um, provide the same small incisions and, again, a quicker recovery time. And having the robotic platform really does allow us to, uh, perform these types of surgeries on women with larger uteruses or women that have had prior abdominal surgeries that might not otherwise be a candidate for minimally invasive procedures.
1: Women hear hysterectomy and right away go, whoa, you know, that's a big, huge deal. But if you're doing like a cervix sparing hysterectomy or something, why would you change a total hysterectomy? What would that involve?
0: So I... Uh, We, in general, try to avoid doing um, supracervical or cervix sparing hysterectomy if possible because of the risk of developing cervical cancer in the remaining cervix. And so the total laparoscopic approach allows us to remove uh, the entire uterus, including the cervix, and then uh, everything at the end can come out through the vagina and small incisions can be closed. There are some circumstances in which an abdominal hysterectomy is indicated. Uh, For example, um, some types of gynecologic cancers... Or if a woman has had extensive uh, prior abdominal surgery, sometimes we are unable to offer a minimally invasive approach. But most uh, women should at least um, consider that option and speak with someone about whether or not they are a candidate.
1: Who might not be a candidate?
0: Uh, Women with ovarian cancer, for one, uh, uh, high-stage ovarian cancers. And, again, women who cannot um, tolerate, in order to do the procedures, we place the women in uh, essentially upside, uh, leaning with their head down. And so, if you have any sort of significant uh, lung disease and are unable to stay in that position during surgery, that can be a contraindication. Uh, additional um, extensive abdominal surgeries, bowel surgeries, uh, things like this, can make you um, not a candidate. But I, because we have so many um, outstanding techniques, it's really worth being, at least asking the question, you know, am I a candidate for this? Is, is this something I could consider doing if your doctor has told you that you um, need to have an abdominal hysterectomy?
1: Now, well, many women suffer from things like pelvic pain, but we're never sure why. So many of us, and you're a gynecologist, Dr. Brock, what are some of the most common causes of pelvic pain, and might this be something that could help with that?
0: Yes. um, So most common causes of pelvic pain that we uh, speak about are things like endometriosis um, or something else called adenomyosis. And these conditions are treated surgically, um, both with removal of endometriosis and sometimes with a hysterectomy if that's necessary. Um, And often we, we will approach this with a minimally invasive approach. Uh, some cases of extensive endometriosis do require more extensive surgery or not are not candidates for minimally invasive, but do usually try and start with a minimally invasive
1: approach. And what about, and I know this is a little bit off topic, but urinary incontinence in so many women suffer from this. And with these types of surgeries, does that increase that incontinence if someone has a hysterectomy? Does that make them more likely or have a weaker pelvic floor?
0: No. No, it does not. It's
1: so not. what do you tell women that ask you about incontinence?
0: If women have incontinence before they're going to have a hysterectomy, we usually recommend that they're evaluated to make sure that they don't have uh, incontinence um, that could be treated surgically at the same time of the hysterectomy. Um, most women who uh, who I see for, for hysterectomy have had problems with bleeding, pain, fibroid uterus, and uh, really, they are generally benign conditions, so... It's um, what we call more elective procedures, but usually I will um, counsel a woman that if, if her uterus or her pain or her fibroids or her bleeding are interfering with her quality of life such that she's unable to live life the way that she wants to, then surgical approaches may be appropriate
1: for her. Tell us a little bit more about fibroids. Many women suffer from these. Do we always need to have them removed?
0: That is a very good question. It's actually been in the news uh, quite a bit lately. Uh, Most fibroids, so about a third of women will have fibroid uh, uterus, which is a benign tumor of the muscle wall. And no, you do not need to have all fibroids removed. In fact, most of the time, if women do not have symptoms from the fibroids, we will continue to expectantly manage them, following them with ultrasound or pelvic exam, uh, unless a woman develops symptoms. The fibroids that we do end up removing are fibroids that are growing in size, causing increasing pain or symptoms of pressure or uh, having um, significant vaginal bleeding, which we cannot control with medications. Um, Even with with minor symptoms of fibroids, we usually do try a medical approach first and, and resort really to surgery only if those options have failed.
1: How do we know if they're growing, Dr. Brock? How do we know if we even have them? We get our pap smears. We go see our gynecologist every year. How do you know if you even have a fibroid?
0: In general, we can tell on pelvic exam if a a woman's uterus is enlarged. Um, And that's usually how we assess from year to year, especially if you've seen the same gynecologist. It can be helpful because they'll be familiar with your pelvic exam. On some women who, um, perhaps women are a little bit overweight, it can be more difficult to feel the uterus, and in those women, sometimes we will get an ultrasound. Uh, for women themselves, the things that would make you suspect that you had fibroids would be um, increasing sense of pain or pressure, um, heavy periods uh, that really were interfering with your ability to live your life, and cramping associated with, um, with your period, And any of those things could be evaluated by ultrasound, and that would be the way that we would um, form the diagnosis.
1: That is such great information. In just the last few minutes, Dr. Brock, give women your best advice on minimally invasive gynecologic surgeries and why they should come to Maine Medical Center for their care.
0: So minimally invasive surgery really offers a much faster recovery process for women that need to undergo a hysterectomy. It allows um, small incisions, quicker recovery time, less blood loss, and overall decreased pain and return to normal functioning of life. At Maine Medical Center, we offer robotic technologies, which have really advanced the um, capability of minimally invasive surgery, so that now we can take care of women who've had prior abdominal surgeries and fibroid uteruses uh, through small incisions, Uh And Maine Medical Center really is uh, a perfect place to come because we have that robotic technology and because we can offer laparoscopic and laparoscopic-assisted hysterectomy as well. We have surgeons that could counsel uh, regarding each of these options to figure out the right option for you.
1: Thank you so much, Dr. Brock. You're listening to MMC Radio. And for more information, you can go to mainmedicalcenter.org. That's mainmedicalcenter.org, mmc.org. This is Melanie Cole. Thanks so much for listening.